Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the Raiders' biggest weaknesses ahead of training camp. Why I think the national narrative is the wrong narrative. I'll explain mine plus a whole lot more coming up on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for June 20th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. And of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, that's because of my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube. We're looking good. We're sounding good. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can always hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. We do have your call and texts coming up in segment number three after a day away from the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line as we were just talking about guys that were flying under the radar as far as I was concerned when it comes to the silver and black. But there was another article that I saw that had to do with weaknesses, the Raiders' weaknesses heading into training camp. And of course, it's a few weeks out, but I saw it, I read it, I thought about it, I analyzed it. And I didn't agree with it. So I'll let you know what I think the biggest issues that could be considered weaknesses for the silver and black is heading into training camp. And that'll come up in segment number two. Segment number one, I'll go over the Bleacher Report uh, article and tell you what they're uh, thinking that the weaknesses were for the silver and black and why I don't agree with them. And again, coming up in segment number two, I'll let you know what weaknesses I'm looking at. Today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on in the show. I also, before I get into the today's show, I want it to be known that today is really the last day that I'm going to do a brand new show. The rest of the shows until next, what, Wednesday, I guess? The 28th. When I get back on the 28th, that'll be the first new show following this show. I'm going on vacation, uh, myself and the family getting a little R&R, a little rest and relaxation. It's been a very long time since I went on a vacation. Matter of fact, it was uh, about a little bit over a year ago that I last went on vacation, so I definitely want to get a little bit of downtime, uh, recharge the batteries a little bit, and have that opportunity to come back and go full throttle, heading into training camp, heading into preseason, heading into the regular season. So the rest of the shows following this one, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday and Tuesday will all be shows will be basically what we call best of shows. So I'll take a bunch of different interviews that I've had throughout the course of the year that I really enjoyed and thought were really good ones. And I'll bring them to the table. Maybe you missed them. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you already heard them and you want to hear them again, or maybe you don't, but for the sake of it, I want to definitely put it out there just so it can be heard. So the rest of the week following this show will be all best of episodes and then Monday and Tuesday next week as well. So you can look forward to that again here on the locked on Raider podcast. Uh, So that's all coming up. But I do want to go ahead and jump into the news and notes kind of segment. I always do uh, segment number one is news and notes, and it's really not any news and notes. I mean, the only news and notes that I'm looking forward to, but between now and training camp, is Josh Jacobs signing his contract. And whether that's going to end up being signing the one-year franchise tag or signing a long-term deal. That's the only one I'm looking at, and then potentially a Marcus Peters signing if they do decide to go ahead and sign him before training camp. Those are really the only transactions I could see happening with the silver and black. And of course, as soon as I say that, something will happen big, right? I'll be on my plane ride, uh, heading out to vacation. All of a sudden, something big will will come across the timeline. But 
that's the chances that we take when we go on vacation. So it is what it is. But let's go ahead and get into this Raiders' biggest weakness ahead of 2023 NFL training camp. This is by my guy, Chris Knox, from Bleacher Report. And he does a really good job. I actually know Chris pretty well. I've had him on my radio show a few times. And so it's funny, as I was reading this, and again, I have a lot of respect for Chris, he pointed out the O-line, he pointed out the running back depth, and he pointed out the secondary. And I feel like if you're on the outside, and this is no knock on him, this is kind of what the national narrative is as far as the weaknesses for the silver and black. And I look at it and I think, I don't really believe that those are the weaknesses. At least those wouldn't be the weaknesses. If you just ask me straight up, Q, what do you think the Raiders' weaknesses are right now? Uh, You know, a few weeks out, four or five, well, about five weeks out from training camp. Those wouldn't have been the ones that I brought up. So far as the offensive line goes, he says the Raiders' offensive line wasn't as much of a liability in 2022 as it was as it was the previous season. Opened up holes for Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing, while allowing only 35 sacks, five fewer than in 2021. However, it doesn't mean the line is anything close to flawless. Right tackle Jermaine Illuminor was a penalty machine in 2022, producing 10 flags and three sacks surrendered, according to Pro Football Focus. There are also questions at guard where Alex Barr surrendered five sacks in 2022 and Dylan Parham surrendered six, according to Pro Football Focus. So there you go. That was just a little bit of the write-up on the offensive line by Chris Knox from Bleacher Report when he's talking about Raiders' biggest weaknesses ahead of 2023 NFL training camp. And now I'll say this. The Raiders haven't made a bunch of huge upgrades to the offensive line, but I do think that the depth of the offensive line is a lot better than it was in 2022. I mean, you remember Brandon Parker went down in training camp with an injury, and I know he's not going to be a guy that's going to solidify the offensive line, but he is depth. Again, I'm going back to depth. He's a guy who's a swing tackle, and they like him a lot. And look, he's got a lot to be desired. He's really got to step his game up uh, to show that he belongs, but a healthy Brandon Parker is better than a guy that's out. So I'm looking at the depth of the offensive line. I'm thinking, okay, Thayer Munford, the seventh-round pick out of Ohio State, who had 34 played in 34% of the snaps in 2022, is coming back in year two. From what I saw from him out at OTAs and mandatory minicamp, he looks bigger. He looks stronger, and he looks a little bit quicker than he did his rookie year. And oh, by the way, it's not his rookie year. He's not a seventh-round pick anymore. Now he's a second-year vet. So now it's not a deer-in-the-headlight type look. Now it's not a, oh, my gosh, I got to do whatever I can do to make the roster. Like, he feels pretty comfortable in that role. So I expect to see more from Thayer Mumford. I'm actually excited about the offensive line and the competition that they're going to have in training camp. So you got Thayer Mumford in year two. Dylan Parham, who played uh, all season long, he's in year two. Uh, He could play the center position or the guard position, but it looks like they're really comfortable with Andre James, who, oh, by the way, is coming back. He looks like he's a little bit more jacked as well. I mean, seeing him at the Raiders roundtable, dude looked like he was a little bit more buff, little, you know, a little, like I said, a little stronger, looked like he had a little bit more dedication to uh, his body. And he said that he spent all offseason at the facility, at the Intermountain Healthcare performance center because well it's such a nice facility why would you not want to be there so I think that he's him coming back another year is going to help out as well but then think about this they went in and signed Wagner as an undrafted free agent that was a priority free agent that they signed they signed Curtis McClendon as an undrafted free agent priority as well gave them both a nice chunk of change so those are also a couple guys that are added to the mix and they have other dudes Right? I'm just pointing out a couple of the guys, but I think after helping lead the league in rushing, helping Josh Jacobs lead the league in rushing, uh, all they can do is get better at the pass protection. That's, that's what they need to do is continue to get better at the pass production. But with all the extra depth that they have this, this uh, training camp as opposed to what they did last year, 
Now I think they have a real good opportunity at some at some healthy competition. So I don't look at that as a uh, as a weakness as I would have uh, you know a year ago. Like a year ago, I was really concerned about the offensive line, and you know I think that they they're going to be. I think they're going to be in an okay position. Running back depth, he's talking about Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah are the most experienced backs on the roster. Uh, but they say that's, that's formally is largely, uh, but the former is largely a special teamer, while the latter hasn't been a regular starter since 2017 with the Lions. So he's talking about Bolden and, and Abdullah. But that's fine. Then he says the Raiders' other top backs, Zamir White and Brent Brown, are entering their second seasons and have little pro playing experience. It's not an ideal situation for the Raiders, though getting Jacobs under contract could solve the issue. If that doesn't happen, the Raiders may have to ponder lingering free agents such as Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook. Um, I don't think any of that's going to matter, right? Josh Jacobs is signing his contract one way or the other. It's either going to be a one-year franchise tag or he's going to get you know a, a multi-year contract. And when I say multi-year, two, three years probably max, right? I don't, I don't expect it to be a big long-term deal but I have no doubt that Josh Jacobs plays for the Raiders in 2023 and then you do have a guy like Zamir White who I expect to see a lot more from him in training camp and I mean he had 17 carries in the regular season last year his rookie year I expect to see a lot more from him almost like 100 carries I I do I think that they're going to they're going to scale back Josh Jacobs a little bit he had 300 something carries his 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 last year right? They don't need to have that many carries so I think that you'll see more from Zamir White and what he showed briefly in training camp I feel like you showed that he can be a running back in the NFL. Is he the same guy as Josh Jacobs? No, not at all. But Josh Jacobs is also special. So I think Zamir White can definitely, you know, fill a, a big-time void and, and also, you know, be a nice one-two punch with Josh Jacobs in 2023. I don't think there's any need for Zeke Elliott. I understand Dalvin Cook has, uh, you know, a, 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 a familiarity and a relationship with the Raiders running back coach as he was in Minnesota as well. But I don't see either one of those guys uh, being guys that the Raiders sign. If they're going to sign either one of those dudes, they'll definitely sign Josh Jacobs, <laughs> right? I just I just don't see that happening. So the running back depth is not something that I'm concerned about heading into training camp. And then the secondary said, some may consider it too early to call the cornerback position as a weakness because most of the room was overhauled in the offseason. The Raiders signed Brandon Faison, uh, David Long Jr., and Duke Shelley before drafting Maryland cornerback Ja'Korian Bennett. However, the fact remains it's largely an unproven group in terms of playing as a unit. Anyway, that doesn't carry a ton of continuity over from last season. Nate Hobbs is arguably the only returning player in the line for a significant role. Now, Secondary, I've talked quite a bit about. You know, on Monday's show, I talked about Tyler Hall, a guy that is flying under the radar, a guy that I think is going to get a lot of burn in the slot, uh, kicking Nate Hobbs on the outside. I do believe Nate Hobbs is the best cornerback returning. I agree with him 100% there uh, when he says that. But I think you get quite a bit from Tyler Hall. You know, I've been talking to multiple people about Tyler. It's not just one guy's opinion. I've been talking to multiple guys, and they're like, this dude could play, right? Max Crosby uh, retweeted a tweet I saw uh, just the other day over the weekend. As a matter of fact, I saw a tweet that said, Tyler Hall is nice, and Max Crosby said, ice cold. So a guy like that is endorsing a player like Tyler Hall, who's an undrafted free agent in 2020 and just basically found his way onto the Raiders roster. I think that that goes a long way. Ja'Korian Bennett's a rookie, so you can't count on him to just go in there and be lights out, but the expectations are he's going to go in there and do some things. You have competition with Faison, Shelly, David Long Jr. I think that's all healthy competition and if they don't see what they, they want, then they'll probably add Marcus Peters into the mix for a little bit more juice and a little bit more ball production. So again, I thought that the secondary, I agree at first that I thought that the secondary was going to be a weakness but after everything that they've done this offseason and the additions that they've made and the emergence of a guy like Tyler Hall and a healthy Nate Hobbs, I don't think that that is a weakness for the silver and black heading into training camp. Now, again, anything could happen in training camp. So my guy, Chris, could be absolutely right. 
but I just don't think so. That's not my biggest weaknesses. That's not my biggest concerns for the silver and black heading into training camp. So what do I think they are? Well, I'll tell you about it coming up in segment number two after I tell you about our title sponsor, which is FanDuel. With baseball season in full swing, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book, and right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Go to FanDuel.com slash on to join today. Plenty of player prop bets that you can get involved in. There's plenty of uh, parlays that you can get in, totals, over-unders, whatever the case may be. First five innings, if you don't want to deal with the bullpen, you could do that as well. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about what I believe the bigger weaknesses for the Raiders, the biggest issues that I would uh, be concerned about heading into training camp that I am concerned about heading into training camp for the Silver and Black as they prepare for the 2023 season. Again, we're responding to Chris Knox from Bleacher Report. He put out a piece talking about the Raiders' biggest biggest weaknesses ahead of the 2023 NFL training camp. And I rolled out what he said in segment number one where he was talking about the offensive line, he was talking about the running back depth, and he was talking about the secondary. I don't think that those are the Raiders' biggest issues. I explained why in segment number one. So what are the Raiders' biggest issues heading into training camp? Well, I'll go ahead and break it down. And one, the biggest issue I think that they have is, or biggest weakness if you want to call it, is the big unknown, which is health. Health is the big unknown when it comes to the Raiders. And when I'm talking about health and unknown, I'm talking about quarterback Jimmy G, and I'm talking about first-round pick Tyree Wilson, defensive end out of Texas Tech. Those two dudes, us not knowing for a fact that they're going to be available for the beginning of training camp is huge, is a huge question mark because everyone knows on God's green earth that Brian Hoyer is not it. And everyone knows on God's green earth that Aiden O'Connell is not ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Regardless if he ends up being that guy or not, like he could end up being the future of the silver and black. He could play for 15 years and be fantastic, right? He could be the next coming for all I know. But I know he ain't ready to start right now, right? So that's why Jimmy G, who they signed as a free agent, knowing – his injury history is a big concern. That's got to be, first and foremost, the biggest concern, Jimmy G being available for training camp. I know he knows Josh McDaniel's system. I get that. I understand that completely. But that doesn't mean he knows what Devontae Adams likes. Doesn't mean that he knows what Jacoby Myers likes. Doesn't mean that he knows what Hunter Renfro likes or Michael Mayer or anyone else on the team. He hasn't been with the team, and he hasn't been in Josh McDaniel's system in a very long time. Remember, they traded with the Patriots. The 49ers traded with the Patriots to get him to be their franchise quarterback under Kyle Shanahan. It's been a while, and I, I get it. You know, you're going to say that it's like a bike. You know, you, you learn how to ride a bike, then you stop riding it for years, and you, you pick back up. That's true. But again, not with the casting characters, not with the offensive line that the Raiders have. All this is new. So Jimmy G's got to get some time on the grass. You can get in the, in, the, in, the, in the study room. You can get into the building. We could be the best of friends. We can have conversation. You can know what I'm talking about. I can know what you're talking about. But until you actually go out there and execute on the field together, you're not going to know. I don't expect to see him in preseason. I'd like to see him in preseason. But because of his injury history, what's the chances that's going to happen? 
right? He goes out there and does something in preseason, then all of a sudden gets hurt. It's like, why the hell did you have Jimmy G out there playing in preseason, right? So he's going to have to learn in training camp and the scrimmages that they have with, I believe, the 49ers and the Rams. Is it the 49ers and the Rams that they're having scrimmages with? I believe so. But either way, they're having two scrimmages uh, with different teams throughout the course of training camp. So when they do that, then yeah, that's cool. But doesn't mean that they're going to. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to. Uh, you know, to to get on the same page. Maybe it's the 49ers and Cowboys. I think it's the 49ers and Cowboys that they uh, that they're going to have the scrimmages with. Either way, you get it. you get my my gif my drift. So Jimmy G and Tyree Wilson, their health. Tyree Wilson, just because he's a rookie, right? And he's he had that that surgery on his foot that ended his last year at Texas Tech. He's just got to get out there and and learn what he's what he's got to learn. He's got to learn from Chandler Jones. He's got to learn from Max Crosby. I mean, I don't think I really need a lot of explanation when it comes to Tyree Wilson. He's just a guy uh, drafted in the first round that you're expecting some big things from. Not saying he's going to go tear it up his rookie year, but he's, he's drafted as high as he was to be a difference maker. So at some point, he's got to be out there. Speaking of Chandler Jones, it leads me to my second weakness. Uh, he's expected to be a lot better than he was in 2022. He came on strong at the end of the season before he hurt himself in that Steelers game, that Christmas Eve game, and then missed the rest of the regular season. But he's got to start like he was finishing. He has got to be the guy that they, they signed as a free agent, gave big money to, to be that dude, to be that bookend across from Max Crosby. I'm not saying he's going to play as many snaps as he did in 2022. Maybe less is more for Chandler Jones, which is fine. Maybe he's more productive with less snaps. He could be fresher. He's lost some weight. I don't know if he's going to play at the 250 pounds. He didn't look like he was overweight last year at all, but because of his uh, injury to his arm, he wasn't able to to gain his or to to work out as much, and so he lost some weight over the offseason. So I don't know exactly what he's going to play yet, but he looks like he's a guy that's that's dedicated to making sure year two with the silver and black is not like it was year one. I mean, he only had four and a half sacks. That's not going to cut it. He's got to go ahead and and be a good running mate, you know, and really be able to compliment Max Crosby. Now, I'm not expecting double-digit sacks. Uh, I'm going to go off of what I saw last. I'm going to say that, you know, anywhere from four to seven or eight he should get, but I would like him to be closer to eight. I'd really like him to get, you know, anywhere from eight to ten. But, again, based off what we saw last season, I'm not saying that. But that, to me, is a weakness. The Raiders have to find a real-deal running mate to go across from Max Crosby. You know what Max is going to do, but – What's Tyree Wilson? Is he going to be healthy and available? And is Chandler Jones going to be able to step up? So that's, that's another weakness that I look at heading into training camp. And the final one, I think there's still questions about the linebacker room. I really do. I mean, there's a lot of questions. Think about this. Robert Spillane was brought in as a free agent from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's not good in coverage. We know this. Anyone who tries to tell you he's good in coverage is crazy. They have no idea what they're talking about. Robert Spillane is not good in coverage. Now, he can stop the run. There's no doubt about that, but he's not good in coverage. Divine Diablo, he's bulked up a lot. They're calling him Big Swole around the facility. He's a third-year guy. Uh, He's a guy that a lot of people are looking at to have a breakout season, and he very well might. But, again, that's a big question mark. Is he going to be that dude? He was leading the team in tackles when he got injured last year and then didn't return. So he could be that guy. He's bulked up so he can stay on the field and be healthier. Remember, this is a guy that converted from safety to linebacker, and he's embraced the role. You know, he's talking about wearing the green dot, as is Robert Spillane. So it's like if all these moves for the at the linebacker room pan out, then it could be a strength of the team. But again, that's a lot of expectations to put on a very young room and a, young, a room that has like Luke Masterson. Remember, an undrafted free agent. He's going into year two. Darian Butler, he was an undrafted free agent. He's going into year two. Amari uh, Bernie, a rookie from Florida, round six. Drake Thomas, undrafted free agent out of NC State. I mean, think about that. That's a lot of undrafted free agents and a lot of youth. And then you got Robert Spillane. 
And again, I don't think Robert Spillane is the end-all, be-all, and the you know the the next coming of the greatest linebacker in the world uh, because he does have his his uh, weaknesses. He does have the areas of concern that are in coverage. So, uh, how does that linebacker room shape up? How are they going to end up being better than they have been in the in the past? And is there a way? for the linebackers to be better as far as not leaving that big gap. I talked about Marcus Sepps on Monday's show kind of being that difference maker, a guy flying under the radar that I think has a chance to kind of roam the field quite a bit and maybe take away that that hole that's between the linebackers and the safety. Maybe there's a linebacker that can get, you know, do get get deep in, in coverage and, uh, and does really well in coverage and could kind of help take that away. Now, again, I think Marcus Sepps will have more to do with that than the linebackers, but basically you got to find a, a linebacker that can compete in coverage. Really can. You know, and again, Diablo might end up being that guy. He might end up being, you know, all world. But that's something that I think is a weakness hidden in training camp until I see what it looks like in training camp in preseason and come back and say, no, you know what? They got a pretty healthy room. That's good. That that Bernie fellow is pretty good from Florida, right? But again, I have to see it until I believe before I believe it. So that's why I would look at it as a weakness. So those are my weaknesses. Not the O-line, not the running back depth, and not the secondary. I'm looking at the health of Jimmy G and Tyree Wilson, Chandler Jones and the Raiders basically finding a running mate to someone who can be across from Max Crosby and be dominant, and then questions about the linebacking room. Those are the three weaknesses that I'm looking at. What are the weaknesses that you're looking at? 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Those calls and texts are going to come up next, closing out the show on this Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into your calls and text draft that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We'll start off with a call from Tadris from Jersey. He's calling about many different subjects, including what happened 14,389 days ago and a little bit more. Here he goes, Tadris from Jersey. Yo, what up, Q? It's your boy Tadris from New Jersey. And uh, I'm calling in about several things. Fun fact, I heard this on the radio, and I actually posted it on my Facebook to tease my cowboy friends that today, which is Thursday the 15th, marks 10,000 days since the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl. So I'm, I'm, I'm teasing them, and then I started thinking as a Raiders fan, all right, let me do some inf- some fact-checking and see how long it's been since the Raiders won a Super Bowl. That's what we've been talking about all this this offseason, right? How things have to change and how things can change quickly with the right decision. Man, January 22nd, 1984 was the last Raiders Super Bowl. That was 14,389 days ago to this point. That's way too long, my bro. And um, I want to talk to you, my, my boy, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers fan that calls into the Raiders show all the time. I am dying to find out what is your ties to the, the to the Raiders, man. You know what I'm saying? You might as well just come on over. If I'm not mistaken, that's my boy Marquise. Pittsburgh Steelers fan that has a lot of insight on the Raiders. I'm dying to know. Do you call the other team's uh, show too? Uh, man, just come on over to the dark side, baby. There's plenty of room on, on our bus for you. And, uh, my Mount Rushmore, you know, I didn't become a Raiders fan or start watching football, period, until 1993. So I'm going to go, even though these were before my time, Jim Plunkett, Marcus Allen, Howie Long, 
And the only person that I really saw play, Charles Woodson. That's my time. Just win, baby. Thanks for all you do, Q. Peace. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate you. And actually, that call was a little bit uh, older than uh, just today. So that's actually more than 14,389 days ago. But that is super long time. Uh, when you put it like that, that's, <laughs> that's pretty incredible, right? That is a very very long time man i don't think i ever want to put it into word or to, to terms like that and thoughts like that 14,389 days ago is a very very long time hoping the raiders can get back to the super bowl sooner rather than later right uh big nate from cali he's our steelers fan he listens to the show as as well he actually heard me on uh, locked on nfl with chris carter who hosts the locked on steelers show so we do a show every friday together uh nate super cool just a big football fan we definitely appreciate him being part of the show and then jim plunkett marcus allen Howie Long and Seawood, that's a great Mount Rushmore. You really can't get too much better than that. Plunkett, Allen, Howie Long, Charles Woodson, that's fantastic. Love it. Again, there's so many Mount Rushmores when it comes to the silver and black, you really can't go long. So, Dries, thanks so much for that call. Appreciate you. Up next, we got a text from Raiders Wade. He said, hey, Q, it's Raider Wade. I'd like to talk about Josh Jacobs for a second. He still has not signed his franchise tag contract. I think Raider Nation is starting to get Khalil Mack deja vu. My question for you is, what are the chances he can still play for the Raiders? If he doesn't sign the franchise tag contract, can he force a trade by holding out? As always, Q, we love the shows that you do and how, and how we can trust the information for, that you get for us. Have a great weekend to you and yours. That's from Raider Wade. Thanks so much for that text. And, yeah, the thing about it is he can't play with anybody until he signs a franchise tag. He can't. Like, there's a team out there that can offer him a contract. A team could come to him and offer him a contract uh, right now. Say, you know what, we want to sign you to an offer sheet. Now, that would make the Raiders get compensation in return. It's supposed to be two ones, but as we saw with Devontae Adams, it doesn't necessarily have to be two ones. Devontae had the franchise tag with Green Bay, and the Raiders gave up a first-round pick and a second-round pick for him. So a team could do that for Josh Jacobs. And no disrespect to Josh, I don't see a team looking at a running back and saying, yeah, we're going to give up a first and a second or a first and whatever for a running back. I just, I just don't think that there's a team that's going to look and say, you know what, we're one Josh Jacobs away from winning the Super Bowl. Again, that's not a disrespect to Josh Jacobs. It's just the fact that the running back position is so devalued. I just I don't see that happening. Now, if that was an edge rusher like a Khalil Mack, that was a wide receiver, that was offensive lineman, right? There's a lot of different positions that I could look at and say, okay, cornerback, I can see that happening. Running back, I just don't. So uh, biggest thing, I believe that before that July 17th date, he'll either have a long-term deal done, and when I say long-term, I'm talking two, three years, or he's, he's going to sign the franchise tag and he'll play on it and make $10 million in 2023, which is more money than he would have made on the fifth-year option, which was only $8 million. So that's kind of how I look at that. But thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next is a call from Brian out of L.A. He's calling to talk about the Josh Jacobs situation, the fact that it's really bothering him, and he speaks on it, lets you know why. It's a very passionate call from Brian in L.A. Hey, Q. How you doing? This is Brian from Los Angeles. Um, I just want to talk about the Josh Jacobs thing because it's really bothering me. I don't know why Raider Nation is so up in arms about this. Like, running backs are devalued. Do I want Josh Jacobs? Yes, I do. Is he a great player? Yes, I do. I want him. But at what cost? At what cost? I'm tired of the Raiders overpaying. Then we don't have fans saying, oh, oh, my goodness, we overpaid for Josh Jacobs. Oh, no, the Raiders, what are you doing? That's a bad decision. Or like, oh, you know what? Oh, why the Raiders didn't keep him? Like, oh, he's balling out at that team. It's like, it's no right or wrong. It's like, if, if we do something, somebody else is going to be mad. If we do something, the other side's going to be mad. It's like, we have to come to a final agreement. And it's hard to make everybody happy. You know, I don't agree with everything Jonathan Daniels was doing, 
Do I think he's the best, greatest coach ever? No, I don't. Do I think he has flaws? Yes, I do. Do I think he's a hell of an OC? Yes, I do. He's one hell of an OC. And I just hope that him and Ziegler can put this team in winning mode. That's all I want to hear. That's all I want to see. I'm tired of losing. I'm sick of it. I want to win. And if this regime can do it the way they seem fit, I'm all for it. Hell, let's go for it. Why not embrace change? The Raiders have been doing the same thing over and over and it has not worked out well. Why is everybody so up in arms about change? What's wrong with change? We've been trashed for the last 20 years. I'm tired of watching the Raiders lose. I want to win. I want to be in the playoffs. I want to be in February. I want to be in a Super Bowl. I want to see a Super Bowl. I want to be there. And, like, I'm all up for change. And I hope this John Jacobs thing, I hope it gets worked out. I hope he remains a Raider. I hope he agrees to a short-term deal or whatever that's good for the Raiders in him. I, I want him. But if he wants a four- to five-year contract, $15, $16 million, and I think that we need to go the other direction. You know, we don't. We shouldn't give a running back that amount of money. You know, but that's all I want to say. Um, thank you, Q. Um, appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you and completely understand where you're coming from. Like you said, it's it's hard to make everyone happy. If anyone knows that, it's me, <laughs> right? It's really tough. And that's why I like to have the, the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. I like people to be able to voice their opinions, but there's so many times that people get angry if – I don't agree with their opinion or they don't agree with my opinion or they don't agree with your opinion or, you know what I mean? It's like, it gets so angry and there's really no reason to get angry. There's absolutely nothing that we could do about it. We're just having or trying to have healthy competition or conversation, I should say, not a competition, uh, just healthy conversation. So, uh, you know, it, it just, it kind of is what it is. The one thing I know that everyone in Raider Nation really wants, and even though they might not agree on the way that they, that the Raiders get there is a winner, a consistent winner. That's what Raider Nation wants, and that's what Raider Nation deserves, honestly. That's the job of the new staff. I hope that they achieve that because I'm tired of seeing turnover. Coach, new coach, new coach, new coach, new GM, new G- Like I, I want to just see someone get in there, settle in, and build a team that could be consistently a winner year in and year out. That's the best-case scenario, whether that's Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler or that's someone else and someone else, right? Whatever the case may be, but those are the guys that are in place right now, so those are the guys that I want to be successful because I don't want to see turnover again because all that does is press the reset button. And nobody wants to keep pressing the reset button. Max Crosby don't want to keep pressing the reset button. Devontae Adams sure as hell don't want to keep pressing the reset button. Josh Jacobs don't want to keep hitting the reset button. None of those cats do. Colton Miller probably is tired of pressing the reset button, right? Everyone wants to win. And that's what the goal's got to be. And so I don't care who gets it done. I really don't. There used to be a time where I used to be so passionate about who the hell was the, the Raiders coach and this, that, and the other. Look, it's been so long since the Raiders have had a consistent winner. I just want someone to win. <laughs> right at this point I'm not picky I, all I want is someone to go out there and win and honestly I believe that's what all the Raider Nation wants whether they admit it or not they want someone to go out there and win up next got a text from Derek in Missouri he says hey Q it's first time texter is Derek from Missouri my dad BJ grew up in Kansas City but has always bled silver and black he raised me into being a huge Raider fan Raider Nation is all we know hearing stories from the silver, Super Bowl Raiders makes me want to see one so bad I'm hoping one day I could be able to share watching the Super Bowl with my dad uh, as Father's Day uh, just happened on Sunday, I want to shout out my dad, BJ, for being an awesome dad and raising me a Raider. Love the show, Q. Uh, happy Father's Day to Raider Nation. That's from Derek in Missouri. Thank you so much for that text. And, yeah, man, that's a great story, right? And it's funny. We got one text about what made people 
a Raider fan? What made young fans uh, Raider fans when there hasn't been a lot of success? And I mentioned it day one that I felt like it was all going back to family. Somehow, some way, family had to do with it. And that's basically every single texting call we've received has been about somehow there's family ties involved. And I think that's awesome. Right. And that's what it should be. And, you know, I know that's why my family are Raider fans, because I insisted that they be Raider fans. Now I'm just waiting for it to pay off so that I can say that. I, see, I was right that they really are a good team. Unfortunately for them, they haven't been able to see it. So I'm hoping that at some point the Raiders decide to reward everyone, not just me and my family, but everyone for uh, for being faithful Raider fans. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Thanks for being a first time texter. And don't let that be the last one. Do appreciate you. Let's get one more call in. We'll wrap up the show. This one comes from Proto from the 778. He's calling to talk about that article that came out about Derek Carr with him saying the team didn't get his best in 2022. Here's Proto from the 778. Hi, your boy from Vancouver from the 778. Proto here. Um, so, yeah, Derek Carr. I hope this is the last time we're going to talk about Derek Carr, but we didn't to mention the article that came out. Because the thing is this, I haven't said this because I just think a lot of Red Nation would not have agreed. But I honestly felt the last season, a lot of the blame does fall on Derek Carr for just not playing well at all. Uh, and I'll put it this way. For me, Derek Carr just never had that killer instinct. If you keep in mind, last season, we were in the lead in a lot of games, and we just flat out blew the lead in so many games. I mean, there were games where we did not score at all in the second half, right? And a lot of that was Derek Carr just not being able to put the ball in the right places, overthrowing people, and just simply not understanding what needed to happen. And quite frankly, didn't have the killer instinct. The thing with sports is this. When you, when you are, when you have to lead, you have to put teams away. You just gotta do it. Because if you keep letting them hang around, they're going to catch up on you and they're going to win the game. Think of the Rams game. There was no reason for the Rams to beat us. But they beat us because for some reason, Derek Carr just could not score any touchdown in the second half to put that team away. And by the way, I don't think this is just last year. I think this is just Derek Carr's persona in general. He's very good at coming from behind. He's a really good underdog quarterback. But when he has the lead, he just doesn't know how to put it away. Again, this has been the biggest problem with the Raiders for the past nine years of Derek Carr. We take the lead. We're a good team. We got solid people on both sides. But putting teams away was always a problem. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. That's all I got for you. As always, Raiders. Thank you so much for the call, my man. And look, this is the thing about it. And I mentioned it on my radio show. I mentioned it on Friday. I'm not just trying to dump on Derek Carr. I'm not trying to make it seem like Derek Carr was the weakest link. Look, there was a lot of blame to go around. When you're 6-11, and 11, it's not just on one person's shoulders. It's on everybody. It's on the coaches. It's on the players. It's on the quarterback. It's on the front office. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. It's on the defense. There's, I mean, there's, there's a ton of blame to go around for a 6-11 and 11, uh, record. But what I can say and what I was talking about on Friday when I talked about this article with Derek Carr, and some people still took it wrong because, well, that's what people do, but – he said, I didn't say that he had things going on off the field. He said it. He said he was spread thin. Like the absolute definition of being spread thin is having too many irons in the fire, doing too many things, having stuff going on here, having stuff going on over there, and something can't get your, your full attention. That's the definition of being spread thin, and that's what he said. Not me. 
he said he was, was spread thin. He said the team didn't get his best. He was trying to learn a new offense. He was trying to do other things and take care of business. He was a little upset still about the John Gruden uh, resignation and how that all came about. Like, there was so much going on. And again, I'm not putting the finger and blaming Derek at all. He did a lot of great things for the Raiders for nine years, right? And now he's in New Orleans. I, I wish him the best. I hope he does great there. I think he will. But you know, that's just me. We'll see. Uh, you know, and, and that's what it is. But I still have people hitting me up saying, oh, Q, you missed the point. He said that since Josh McDaniels didn't give him uh, the line of scrimmage, give him, uh, you know, all that freedom at the line of scrimmage, that's why he couldn't get it done. He never said that. Never said that. Never said that, uh, you know, he was upset because of the, the lack of, of freedom at the line of scrimmage. Like, that was something that was fabricated, right? That, that, was, that popped in someone's mind. Like, he never said that. He said he was spread thin. He said that things going on on the field and off the field is what led him to not being the best he could be in 2022, and that's what he was upset about. Again, his words, not mine, and there were still people that just want to point the finger in one direction and say, oh, it's all Josh McDaniels' fault. Oh, it's all this guy's fault. Oh, it's that guy's fault. No, it's a collective. It was what he said it was. He didn't get, the Raiders didn't get his best in 2022 for multiple reasons, and he learned from that. Bottom line. That's what it was. That's what it was. So, yeah, it's just, again, I'm not going to ever point the finger at one particular guy. You go 6-11, and 11, there's a ton of blame to go around. And now it's up to the Raiders staff that's there. Joshua Daniels brought in his quarterback, air quotes. Brought in his players, air quotes. They went out and drafted their guys, more air quotes. Now it's time to go get it done. Now it's on them. Derek Carr ain't got nothing to do with 2023, right? So there is no blame to, to point at number four unless it's Aiden O'Connell. And there still ain't no blame because he's a rookie. You know what I mean? So there's just there's 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 no point in the finger at, at DC. Now it's all on Coach McDaniels. It's on the players that are still in the locker room. It's on Patrick Graham. It's on the defense. It's on the O line. It's on everybody to go out there and get it done and perform at the highest level. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. That's going to wrap up the show today. And as I mentioned, coming up tomorrow and coming up Thursday and Friday, we'll have the best of. I'll have different interviews from Dave Ziegler to Max Crosby to, um, let's see, who else I have? Uh, Marcus Epps, Joey McGuire. Uh, I got a lot of good stuff to get to over the course of the next few days while I am on vacation, getting a little rest and relaxation, ready to come back and go full throttle uh, headed into training camp. So uh, there you go, Raider Nation. Appreciate you as always. Till tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.